It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, Thunder fans? Welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Brady Trantham, and for the next 30 minutes or so, you will be Locked On Thunder. Thunder were busy over the weekend, of course. Friday night game against the Detroit Pistons in Oklahoma City, a game in which the Thunder won, 108-101. to A little too close for comfort, if you ask me. And then Sunday afternoon, one of the great Sunday afternoon games. I love when the NBA does this. Thunder sadly don't get a lot of these this year because they're not on national TV a ton, but it's always good to go to work and then be finished with work and the sun is still out. I'm very thankful for that. But the Thunder did drop a home game yesterday to the Boston Celtics 112 to 111. We're going to dive into a little bit of the, of the Detroit game, mainly into the Boston game, just reaction from that one and what it means basically moving forward. We'll get to that as we go further along in this episode. If you don't know who I am, I've been covering the Thunder since 2014 and since 2018 with 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 The Franchise in Tulsa as their lead Thunder contributor, lead Thunder insider for the station. You can find all my stuff at thefranchiseok.com. It's all free. I have a tab with my last name on the front, so if you're trying to find something in particular, you can just click that tab and navigate through all my articles. You can subscribe to my other Thunder podcast that I do with Madison Morris, also of 107.7 The Franchise, the OKC82 podcast, and that's going to be our post-game show, post-game reactions, so it complements this podcast really well. And you can also hear us on Saturday mornings from 10 a.m. till noon, Jerry Ramsey, John Hamm, Madison, and me on the Franchise Thunder Insider Show. We talk a lot of Thunder stuff, a lot of NBA stuff. We just have fun. We like talking basketball. We all enjoy each other. We have fun. Hopefully, you guys enjoy listening. And again, if you're out of the market and can't listen simply by turning your radio dial to 107.7, you can always download 107.7, the franchise's app. It's completely free. It's easy to use. You just download it, hit the play button, go through one commercial, and then you can listen to us talk on the radio. And, of course, the easiest way to find all the links, articles, whatever I'm putting out there, is to follow me on Twitter, at Brady Does Sports. And, yes, let's get back a little bit in time, go back to Friday, and talk about the Thunder's win over the Detroit Pistons. A little too close for comfort. A little too close for comfort. The, the Pistons came into that game 19-34. and 34. They had just given away, I hesitate to say traded, they gave away Andre Drummond, and they could only they only played they only played nine people. They only really had nine people to play, regardless. Uh, they they didn't have they didn't have Brandon Knight. They didn't have Justin Henson, who they were who they received in the Andre Drummond trade. Andre Drummond, of course, not there as well. So you had guys like Reggie Jackson, everybody's former favorite Thunder player, with twenty eight points, and Christian Wood. Christian Wood with 27 points and 12 rebounds. Really good performance by him. Was really impressed by him. He's been a guy over the last month or so that if you've been paying attention to the league, and look, I get it. You can be paying attention to the NBA and still not know 
who in, insert Detroit Pistons name here is because the Detroit Pistons are they're worse than bad. They're irrelevant. They're boring. There's no direction, seemingly. Now, I'm sure if I covered that team day to day, I could see maybe a little bit of a direction or what have you. But from an outsider's perspective, there's just really nothing there to go off of. Phoenix seems more interesting than Detroit, so let's just put it that way. They either had a ton of people injured. Of course, everybody knows about Blake Griffin with his season-ending injury and surgery. Luke Kennard, who had been put on the the trade block at some point, uh, really hasn't played over the last two months. Wasn't able to go as well. And then a whole bunch of other guys. It's just, it, it made for one of those games that the Thunder really, and this is going to get into why it was a little bit too close for comfort, and I'm sure everybody probably has the same opinion that I have. A little too close for comfort, in my opinion. When you consider the injuries, the trade that just occurred between Detroit and Cleveland, losing probably their best remaining player in terms of a production standpoint. I have my opinions on Andre Drummond as a player, but there is you can't deny that the guy puts up numbers. But yeah, it was a game where the Thunder really never took control. They they were leading the entire game. I never really felt like the Thunder were in danger of losing it because the Thunder are a team that they, their offense can go cold. Their defense can hemorrhage a few points here and there for about an eight-minute stretch. But As we've said all season long, this is a team that can course correct either in a game or from a game-to-game standpoint fairly quickly. So Detroit, who's only going to be playing eight or nine guys and only has eight or nine guys, unless Reggie Jackson started hitting uncharacteristic threes, unless Christian Wood just kept feasting below the rim, I mean, those things were just never going to happen. And so when you have a team like the Thunder who can course correct within a game, All they really had to do was just basically steady the course, and that's exactly what they did. I mean, you look at a quarter-by-quarter breakdown. I mean, Oklahoma City outscored the Pistons in the first quarter 29-24. Then both teams tied 23-23 in the second. Oklahoma City outscored them in the third by five, 26-21. And then the Pistons actually outscored the Thunder 33-30 in the fourth quarter. It It was just a lackluster performance. And you can go back to even Wednesday night when we talked about it where the Thunder barely beat a bad Cavs team after having four days off and two days of practice. And they certainly looked like a team that was a little lethargic, that had not necessarily enjoyed their four days off. They enjoyed it, no doubt. These guys are tired. These guys are super athletes, yes, but they are still fatigued. And everybody's looking forward to the trade. De- and everybody's looking forward to the All-Star break and much-deserved break. They just The Thunder last week, they just looked like a team that was a little bit slow going more than usual. And fortunately for them, they were able to win against Cleveland and win against Detroit. But overall, just a, eh, just kind of a meh performance. The, the only concern that I had leaving the Detroit victory was simply, okay, well, there have been two games where the effort has kind of been there. The energy really hasn't been there. The explosiveness hasn't been there. You're beating, You're barely beating two bad teams at home. That could be concerning, right? Well, fast forward to Sunday afternoon. We'll go a little bit more in depth with the Boston loss, though. But you fast forward to Sunday afternoon. The effort and the energy were no doubt there. The Thunder didn't lose to the Boston Celtics because they weren't the more motivated team or because they didn't play with a lot of hustle or grit or whatever silly cliche you want to say. The energy level was certainly there. If they played like they did against Boston, against Cleveland or Detroit, the Thunder probably run away with those games by 10-plus points at least. I mean, there is something to be said. It's human nature to not necessarily take your opponent lightly. I don't think this Thunder team with the leadership of 
Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, Steven Adams, Billy Donovan. I don't think they're taking teams lightly, but it's just really easy, especially when you're reintegrating a former starter in Terrence Ferguson into the lineup um, off the bench and people are, some guys are in and out of the rotation. Other guys are playing weird combinations of lineups. When all that's kind of, kind of coming about, especially after having four days off, you can kind of see the makings of some eh, boring performances. But the Thunder certainly looked like themselves on Sunday. Unfortunately for them, they just happened to lose to the Boston Celtics. But we'll get into that as well a little bit later. And I did want to drop, finally, some insight came in from the Thunder side of things in terms of what they might have received if the Miami Heat and Danilo Gallinari could agree to an extension. More on that after the break. Now, to get fit in 2020, you don't have to join a gym or pay a ton of overpriced fitness equipment. The best way to get in the best shape of your life is with Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com to discover the EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high-quality at-home cycling experience at a less than half the price of a pedalon. Echelon makes beautifully engineered products for everyone, busy moms and dads, first responders, and elite athletes even, whatever your activity level. Hell, I'm sure Steven Adams probably has one. And with daily live and on-demand studio classes right in your home, you'll never have to step foot in a gym. You'll love Echelon, but if you aren't 100% satisfied, we'll give you your money back. Join the hundreds of thousands of men and women who are getting fit with Echelon. Don't pay a ton for Pedalon. Buy an Echelon bike today for under $1,000. Go to echelonfit.com L-O-N-B-A to learn about their limited time free Apple iPad and complete details of this exclusive offer. Echelon, it's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. Echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to the Locked On Thunder podcast, everybody. Sadly, the Thunder drop home game to the Boston Celtics, who entered the game at 37 and who entered the game at 36 and 15. Oklahoma City entered at 32 and 20. It was going to be a great test. The Boston Celtics are one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference, and they're certainly in that few that category of a few teams that if they win an NBA championship or make it to the NBA championship in the finals. I don't think anybody's going to be very surprised by that. So you go into this matchup thinking Oklahoma City's playing at home. They themselves are a good team. They have a good chance to win this game. If Oklahoma City won against the Boston Celtics in Oklahoma City, I don't think the world, the basketball world, would have been completely shocked by that. And that's that's even saying how great Boston has been in their last 10 games. I believe they were 9-1 and one in their last 10 games entering their game against the Thunder at this point, the Thunder have kind of reached that category of team that you cannot take lightly. They are good in their own right. They have an identity, and they can beat you just by playing fundamental basketball. They can beat you by some isolation heroics by Chris Paul or Danilo Gallinari or even Shea Gillis-Alexander from time to time. Dennis Schroeder, of course, is a budding six-man-of-the-year candidate. They are a team with a lot of talent, a 
team with a bunch of players that are playing to an identity. So you can't take them lightly. And again, Boston loses this game yesterday. No one's really shocked. Having said that, the Boston Celtics were able to win. Oklahoma City loses by one point. They were down four in the waning seconds. Chris Paul hits a contested three from the right wing to put the deficit right where it ended 112 to 111. And it was an odd game because you look at the box score breakdown. There's nothing that really jumps out at you. Now, Boston did shoot 44% from the three-point line. All of their starters were in double figures. I mean, you just look down, you've got 26 from Jason Tatum, 17 from Jalen Brown, Daniel Tice with 13 and 11. That's a little inexcusable. Gordon Hayward, 13 and 10. Kimball Walker, 27 and 4. And six of his 27 points late in the fourth quarter with those back-to-back, back-breaking threes really put helped put this game away from the Celt- for the Celtics. And it put the Thunder in a position where they absolutely had to make every little second in possession count. And as we've seen all season long, the Thunder are more than capable of making every little possession and every little second count late in games. They're one of the most clutch teams in the NBA, and they certainly did that. They got it down to a possession, down three, with the ball in their hands, and that came from a Gordon Hayward missed layup uh, cutting down the baseline. Dennis Schroeder, with some good little pesky defense from the backside, let Gordon Hayward get around him. Dennis kind of screwed up his layup attempt from the back. SGA got the rebound, and you're thinking, okay, plenty of time don't have to rush this here come the thunder here comes the thunder half court offense is Shea going to take them home is he going to give it up to Chris what's going to happen and then wouldn't you know it Marcus Smart former Oklahoma State Cowboy just straight pickpocketed Shea Gillis Alexander and it, it was it was unfortunate it was completely unfortunate because we've seen how great Shea Gillis Alexander has been all season for the thunder especially late in games he's been right there along with Dennis Schroeder right there along with Chris Paul. I mean, a lot a lot of the reason why Chris Paul is able to hit all those mid-range jumpers to help the Thunder win games is because the defense is so freaked out about Dennis Schroeder and the defense is so freaked out about Shea Gales Alexander. The floor is open, especially that area right around the free throw line. Chris Paul is able to navigate that offense, get into a spot, and hit big-time jumpers to help the Thunder win games. Unfortunate that it happened. At the end of the day, Marcus Smart just made a good basketball play. That's what Marcus Smart does. He makes plays like that. He is a type of player on a title contender that is going to make plays like that time and time again in the postseason. He's going to make plays like that potentially if the Boston Celtics are fortunate enough to get into the NBA Finals. That's That just happens. And Chris Paul said in the locker room, basically there is no discussion about that play. I mean, um, I'm not going to, and I'm, this, this would be Chris Paul. I'm not going to go over to Shea and say like, this is what you should do. This is why this happened. Like, no, like Marcus Smart just made a play. And again, Thunder fans this season, you're playing with house money. Is it disappointing that Shea wasn't able to make a play in a big game against a quality opponent in front of a home crowd, rocking the city edition jerseys. It had all the makings for some more, for more heroics, what have you. I mean, yes, that's all true. But again, you're playing with house money. All the greatness that players like SGA or Hamadou Diallo or Darius Baisley, who left the game, by the way, with a right knee sprain, he looked like he was in some pretty significant pain. The Thunder did not practice today, so we weren't able to get a medical update from him. I'm pretty sure we'll get an update from Billy Donovan at some point right around 5.15, 5.30 tomorrow before the Thunder take on the San Antonio Spurs in Oklahoma City. So look forward to that. But every time these these young guys make great plays, cool, that, that's awesome. They're ahead of schedule on in that situation. 
And when they make mistakes or when someone just basically makes a better play at the expense of them, that's just going to be something that they're going to have to take with them and move forward with. Maybe SGA's a little bit more careful with the ball in his hands in a similar situation. If he does find himself in a similar situation, he's going to. He's going to be going up against better on-ball defenders, better isolation defenders than Marcus Smart. And SGA's going to make plenty, more than his fair share of plays as his career plays out. So again, you're disappointed in the short term because it was a game that the Thunder controlled in the first half. They had a nine-point lead. And then... A bad third quarter, and it wasn't terrible. They were only outscored 32-23. to 23. That's not terrible. It really just kind of got away from them at the very beginning when the Celtics came out with a lot of energy. I believe the Celtics had a 7-1 advantage at one point before Billy Donovan called timeout. That 7-1 advantage was just enough to motivate the Celtics, give them enough momentum that as the game wore on, and it and the Celtics entered the fourth quarter with a two-point lead, it just put the Thunder in a, in a situation where they're not incredibly comfortable with and a tight ball game, even though they are a very clutch team. But when you consider how much they dominated the first half and how they were dictating the pace, how they were dictating the style of the game. I mean, Boston entered halftime pretty pissed off because the Thunder were just kind of doing whatever they wanted. It's disappointing in that regard. It was a game the Thunder could have won and I'm not a big moral victory or moral loss guy or whatever it's considered. But when you consider the expectations of this team and where they are, it was a good performance, especially after two lackluster victories at home against two terrible teams. It was a very promising performance. It, it kind of shows you where the Thunder are in the grand scheme of things in this league. They've had great performances against the L.A. teams. They've even beaten the Clippers once with Paul George, no Kawhi Leonard. They've had valiant efforts against the Lakers, haven't been able to beat them yet. They've beaten the Raptors in Toronto, and of course that was with only Kyle Lowry. Pascal Siakam and Marc Gasol weren't playing in that game. They've had good performances against some of the better teams in the league. Now the test for them is next time when they're playing a top four, top five, top six team in the league is no more, well, they had a chance. Well, they put themselves in position. You hope that they are able to beat an L.A. Lakers. You hope that they're able to beat a Boston Celtics in the Garden when they do have to play their second game against Boston later on this year. SGA did finish with 24 points. Danilo Gallinari, 24 points, five boards. Chris Paul, 22 points. Dennis Schroeder, 22 points. And I guess one more thing on this game. Chris Paul, 8 of 12 from the field. This this is a time where if you want the Thunder to win a, a game in the moment – this is a time where I feel like Chris Paul needs to be a little bit more aggressive. Instead of 12 shots, maybe 15, 16, or 17 shots. He's too darn good to just mainly be a facilitator, to just mainly let Dennis Schroeder or SGA do the brunt of the scoring. Now, if it's falling for them, Chris Paul is going to keep feeding the monster. And he does a great job of instilling confidence in SGA, in Dennis Schroeder, and everybody on the team. But against the cream of the crop... Your best players need to come and play. Your best players need to make the best, the big plays. And Chris Paul didn't have a bad game by any stretch of the imagination. It's just a game where after the game had ended, I just felt like, you know what, I would have liked to see a little bit more Chris Paul. If that happens, maybe the Thunder win. If that happens, maybe the Thunder even lose by a lot because Chris Paul just, for whatever reason, goes through a cold stretch, and I'm completely wrong here, but... In the future, I just want to see Chris Paul be a little bit more aggressive, pick his spots a little bit more frequently, and then maybe the Thunder are able to win in the short term. 
This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome back to the Locked on Thunder podcast for the last segment, everybody. Finally, 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 something that we talked about twice last week, right after the trade deadline, before the trade deadline, whatever. If the Thunder were going to trade whether it be Dennis Schroeder, Danilo Gallinari, Steven Adams, they were going to have to get a certain amount of return. And that return mainly was going to be draft compensation, draft assets, a young prospect, young promising prospect, and then whatever that particular team is trying to basically shave off. So if it's an expiring deal, two expiring deals, whatever. Basically... In the Daniel Gallinari trade, it would have been the Solomon Hill and Jay Crowder, whatever the Thunder had to take back that helps them kind of in the short term for a Band-Aid for this team because this team is going to go to the playoffs, and those level of players can help you a little bit and replace some of the production that Daniel Gallinari has. But the problem that I had all last week was we were never hearing anything about what exactly the Thunder were going to get in that potential Daniel Gallinari trade. It was always just mainly whispers of, well, probably this. Probably the Heat were going to remove their first-round protection for their 2023 pick. That has to be it, right? And that's it. I had a huge problem with that because from what we saw, what was reported about Dennis Schroeder being uh, requested by the LA Lakers, to which Sam Presti would reply, yeah, but it's going to take a ton of stuff. The Lakers didn't have a ton of stuff, or they weren't willing to part with a ton of stuff. So that trade talk eventually died. You've got to assume the same philosophy applies to Danilo Gallinari. And yes, Danilo Gallinari is in a little bit of a different situation. He's older. He's on an expiring deal. So maybe it doesn't necessarily apply. But I would feel like in a season where Sam Presti is playing with house money, where he can just stand pat and run it with this team and go see what they can do in the postseason, and you get benefits with your young players moving forward from that situation, of course, He's he could have just done the same thing. Like, look, if you want Danilo Gallinari, you're going to have to give us trade compensation, draft compensation, and Tyler Hero. Probably wasn't going to be Tyler Hero. The Miami Heat, more than likely, probably said, uh-uh, to Tyler Hero. Okay, what about either Duncan Robinson or Kendrick Nunn? Finally, 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 finally. Bleacher Report had an article out today, and I tweeted it out earlier, so just follow me at twi- on Twitter at Brady Does Sports. Just scroll down my timeline, and I put out the link. 
But apparently Kendrick Nunn was made available in trade talks. And then it kind of puts puts out the suggestion that that's what the Thunder were going to get in addition to a, a pick protection removal. And that's what led to Danilo Gallinari being able to have permission to talk to Miami Heat reps about a possible extension. I knew it. I knew the Thunder were going to get a young prospect from the Miami Heat. They have too many good young players. There's no way in hell Sam Presti was going to allow Danilo Gallinari, who he could very well, like I said, run with this entire season, have some success, you get benefits in the long term, and then potentially sign and trade him, which puts him, the player, in a good situation and could potentially help the Thunder out even more than this potential trade. He was going to ask for a good young player. Kendrick Nunn certainly has been a very good young player on a cheap deal, obviously as a rookie, undrafted rookie, and could have very well fit right in with the Thunder in terms of them moving forward. They've had a lot of success playing multiple point guards. Well, you get another talented young point guard to go alongside SGA for the long term, you're set right there. Now, again, we will truly never, ever know unless Sam Presti or Pat Riley just basically blurred out in some media session that we were going to give or we were going to receive X, Y, or Z. But I am a little glad, and I feel a tad bit vindicated, that at least the Thunder were going to get a talented young player in regard in return for Danilo Gallinari. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to Locked on Thunder. I truly appreciate it. Until tomorrow, I'll talk to you later. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.